This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome to this December edition of the Rich Eisen Show 2022 right here on the Roku channel, which is free on all Roku devices, Samsung Smart TVs, Amazon Fire TVs, any where you have a phone, which is usually in the palm of your hand, or any mobile device. You can get the Roku app. The Roku channel's free on it. The RokuChannel.com for anybody who out there might be listening and want to watch as well at the same time. It's free on the RokuChannel.com. We're also on Sirius XM, Odyssey, this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate network that we've co cobbled together thanks to our friends at Westwood One and Cumulus. Uh, we appreciate anybody out there who's listening and call us at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. The Cumulus Podcast Network is, uh, is, is what distributes our podcast as well. Uh, I'm loving getting all of these tweets at Rich Eisen Show from those out there who are getting their end of the year numbers from Spotify and where their number one listen on Spotify, thousands of hours you've listened to and for that, I say thank you, and uh, I'm sorry. I mean, like for some of the stuff that's been in your ear gauge, well, we're very, we're very, we're very, very proud of your it, friendship and listenership, and and um, YouTube.com/slash Rich Eisen Show for anybody who might miss anything. There's also the Rich Eisen Show collection, which is a video on demand service. Thanks to our friends at Roku. Uh, we welcome you to this show, and we welcome back to this show clean-shaven Chris Brockman. Ladies and gentlemen, November is over. Oh, uh, there he is. You, you left a little 5 o'clock shadow on there. Yeah, I, I always have the 5 o'clock going, but... Uh, it's, always, know, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's, uh, exactly. Okay, but very the good. full mustache the and shadow. the little uh, weak beard I had going. See you later. Rich Eisen Show <laughs> audio executive, and for this portion of the sports calendar year, Rich Eisen Show World Cup stoppage time expert, Mike and Del Tufo. fleece wearing. Oh! This yeah. is, we got. I can't tell because there's no logo on it. Brand right? new. It's brand new. Is that what happened? Yes, we retired the other one. What? It's gone. We didn't have a retirement ceremony. All right, we got to get to that. Hello, TJ Jefferson. Light that candle, sir. What's going on? Candles lit. You know, I every now, By the way, every now and then I think that sometimes you might be mistakenly lighting your teacup. I'm from all the way yeah, over here, people don't know how far away we are. Your candle yeah, looks. He's like, yeah, no. you know, I mean, you're a good thirty feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rick, well, maybe. Yeah, Rick's not pretty far I mean, apart. But you know, I don't apologize for anything I say in this mic. Only things that I don't say. Okay, that yeah. I apologize for not. Okay, letting I'll, them leave my. I don't, uh, my I don't know what that means. I'll write well, down. I'll write it down and look at it. Maybe it'll. That's a, what we call a way homer, right? You get that on <laughs> yeah, the way home. It'll hit you about oh, yeah. one o'clock, and you'll go, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> And it's Richard Pryor's birthday today. Is so. that so? Oh, yes. Birthday, you know. <laughs> Which reminds me, I was sitting at home one time. I wasn't doing this. I was off, but I was watching sports. And I did, for some reason, they moved me to like the 11 o'clock Eastern time okay. show that night. And Stewart was doing the uh, 2 a.m. anyway. And um, and I'm sitting at home watching Stewart do Sports Center. <laughs> and he did a lead-in on the late, great Richard Pryor. Oh. And I'm sitting at home thinking... When did did Richard Pryor die? Now this is before you know smartphones or anything, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think Google existed yet. So I had no idea. I started like flipping around and like CNN and other things, uh -huh. like just to see if there was breaking news. Richard Pryor was still alive. Stewart thought he had passed away. Oh no! Months oh. and hours or days oh. before. <laughs> And I thought to myself, they're going to have to stay an extra hour to fix that exactly. lead. <laughs> exactly. And they did. Ow. Yeah, he passed in 05. Yes, so. he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Wow. Stewart called him the late, great Richard Pryor, and uh, he was very much alive. 
But at any rate, wow. happy uh, happy <laughs> birthday to what? I don't know how Richard would have been, how old he would have He's been today. Forty, you know. No, we don't have to do math man. over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. close to eighty. Oh, Could you imagine? Well, at any rate, um, speaking of birthdays, uh, I don't know if you know, uh, it was Russell Wilson's recently, and um, much was made. <laughs> Tuesday, much was made uh, as to who was his party and who was not. And um, I can't believe that's a thing, brother. It is not only a thing; it's a big thing. Because coming into this week 12, the team that is third on the clock in the NFL draft coming up in Kansas City next year is the Seattle Seahawks with the draft choice they got for trading Denver Russell Wilson, winning only three of their first 11 football games. And 11 football games, uh, the, the number 11, is apparently 16 fewer than the number of his invited teammates who showed up. And for some reason, somebody took this information and made it glass half empty as opposed to party half full. And Mike Kliss, who covers the Denver Broncos for many years, Denver sports scene, just tweeted it out that there's some gossip about Wilson standing in the locker room. And here's some context. Per source, Wilson's wife, Ciara, threw him a birthday party last night. It looked like about half the team was there. It was a quote he put on there. On a player's day off, why do people have to be so hurtful? is what Mike wrote, hashtag nine sports, the TV station he works for. And um, we, we asked this of Patrick Peterson, uh, who then went a, who hung up the phone from us yesterday, went on a podcast and lit a fuse and threw a bomb towards the direction of the Arizona Cardinals locker room that we'll talk about later on. Um, uh, Peterson's like, I, I asked him, you know, how many people would go to his birthday party or Kirk Cousins' birthday party, and he knew what I was kind of getting at. He pointed out, by the way, at Tuesday night, you know, a lot of guys won't show up because practice is early the next morning. They have it on Monday, he said. Have it on a Monday. But at any rate, it's just the latest thing here to just throw onto the burning fire in what is a dumpster fire of a season for the Denver Broncos. And Russell Wilson was asked (laughs) about this. Oh, God. Yes, I seen this. and this was his response to him having problems within his own locker room. I think that, uh, first of all, uh, you know, everybody wants to win. We all want to win, you know, and uh, nobody wants to win, you know, more than me and this team and what we want to be able to do. I think also as well, uh, I man, I got great relationships in that locker room. Uh, so whoever's trying to tear it down, uh, you can't, you know, I think that the best thing about it is, is that it's been an amazing journey coming here, moving here, being here. You know, this is a great, great team, you know, and we've got a great players. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to play with this team and these guys, um, you know, and so, you know, it, there's always noise, especially when things aren't going the way that you want it to um, all the time. And so the thing is, is that uh, you, you don't, you don't bat an eye. You know that, you know, the, my biggest goal every day um, is, is to, is to continue to, to try to lead at the highest level. Um, and to, to be consistent every day with my approach and to never change and not let um, the highs of life, uh, you know, change you and not let the lows just be consistent with your approach and knowing that I love these guys every day, man, and, how, and who they are, what they're about, um, you know, and, and how they impact this community and what they've done. Um, you know, it's a blessing to be on this team and I'm honored to be a part of this. So is that the, you know, I know what he you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. He didn't say anything. I know what you're thinking. Well, I mean, this is, like I said yesterday, this is who Russell Wilson is. I know, I need to get over A, a, a an 
outwardly uh, optimistic, positive individual that for anyone else out there who no question has doubts and concerns about anything that they do in life comes across as perhaps somebody who is just saying these words because how can somebody be so positive and blessed to be in a situation that appears to be so disastrous but that's him that's him is that the guy who doesn't have jet lag or is he the guy who is absolutely trying to lead by putting a positive spin on absolutely everything that's russell wilson and and that's why i said he said to whoever's dividing the locker room i would love to know as I said yesterday, he's going nowhere. So I don't know who's trying to make it seem like he has lost the locker room. And maybe he has. If he has, then guess what's going to happen? They'll change the locker room. They're not changing him. You're not going to change who he is. And he is there. You have signed him. He's there for at least two years more. So what are you going to try to do? Keep this locker room thing simmering by letting it be known who showed up from his RSVP list and not? I don't understand what, what the end goal is here. Maybe you're trying to clown him, that's all. Or you're trying to get out there what the truth is and somebody's not addressing it. That would be, I would assume, the head coach who had this to say. This is a very quick exchange. Had this to say on the subject matter of can Russell Wilson go somewhere else? And that else being the pine, the bench, Sitting down, Russell Wilson. Check it out. Coach, are there any scenarios where you'd make a change at quarterback if, if, if you thought it would give the team a better chance to win? Right now, no. Right now. Right now, no. Oh, right now, no. So there is a scenario. When you say right now, that means down the road. So you do hear that, and you th- you say to yourself, that's uh, that's something to me. He is indicating potentially two people in the locker room who do have an issue with Russell Wilson and think he is not playing well enough to keep going out there, I guess. A way to basically say, yeah, I hear you, but we're not moving with this guy. I would also counsel him that if there's one way to get got in this situation, and everybody, I think, thinks that Nathaniel Hackett is going to get got because Russell Wilson has absolutely regressed. (laughs) Since week one, as we pointed out yesterday, he had a terrific game in the first game in Seattle. No doubt. And so he has regressed. The one way to get got is to put Brett Rippin out there, <laughs> saying that I have, we have collectively lost patience. Robert Sala can say my quarterback needs a reset when his quarterback is 20 games into his career and has put up stats that are so dreadful and the locker room can win right now. The team has a shot to win right now and make the playoffs right now they had no choice but to hit the pause button and a reset button and you can sit there and look at the coach and look at the general manager and look at the quarterback and say totally understandable and then the guy who he puts out there for the reset button lights it up for 300 yards and three touchdowns that can work when you're the new coach married to 
a guy on a Hall of Fame trajectory prior to his appearance in your system on your team, and you say, yeah, we need to hit a reset button, you're basically saying, I, I haven't gotten it done with Russell Wilson yet. So I'm going to hit a reset button and let's go with Brett Ripon. And if he goes out there and performs like a backup quarterback who hasn't started very much, would on a team that otherwise can't get it done with a guy who prior to this year has a Hall of Fame trajectory, that's the way you get God. I feel for the guy. Because I don't know what options he has. If the locker room says, you know, anybody is sitting there grumbling, you got to sit this guy down because he's killing us. And the guy gets sat. And the other option is basically saying, all right, 12 games into this whole new marriage with me and Russ, we got to sit him. It ain't working. Russ has got to sit there and watch Brett Rippon and what? Reset? Learn? I, I, don't, I don't know what the right now means other than maybe, hey, everybody in the locker room that didn't go to his birthday party. Hmm. Hey, everybody in the locker room, you know, that thinks that he's not being held as accountable as I'm holding you accountable. Right now, no. Wow. He almost for now Russell Wilson. As you know, here on the Rich Eisen Show, when a general manager coach says for now, that means the bench is coming. Yeah, it's over. Or the Turk <laughs> is knocking. Yeah. For now. The general manager owner says for now, yeah, he's, he's my coach for now. For now, okay. When do we revisit the later? When does later hit? When does later become now? Right now, no. Or he could have just pulled he could have just pulled a Zach Wilson. No, no. I don't envision a scenario. Then the other guys in the locker room might be really okay. What a whole holy hell of a mess. And we thought the day when it started. We thought the day when it started, the worst piece of news for Denver is that they are performing so poorly. NBC told the NFL, take the Mahomes game back. We're flexing out of Mahomes' first game against the Broncos with Russ as the starter. We'll opt out of that, which if I told you prior to week one that NBC would want to opt out of the first game between Mahomes and Russell Wilson as a Bronco, they would they would turn that down for Herbert versus Tua? You'd have been like, okay, sounds good. I'll have what you're having. And then this tweet comes out, and it creates a whole hoo-ha that – I said yesterday, look, 27 guys showed up. That seems pretty cool. Half the people, if I, I invited a half of you guys and you, some of you couldn't make it to my birthday party, I'd understand it. Certainly if you had, if I said, hey, first thing tomorrow, we got to be at work at 6 a.m., you'd be like, I, okay. You might be like, okay. I mean, Sarah's out of town. I got to look after Cage. I'll be fine. That could have been the case for any of Russell Wilson's teammates. But when I hear right now for now, what? Let's take a break. RG3 will be joining us here from the worldwide leader in sports. He'll be joining us. I'll ask him what I asked Desmond Howard yesterday. Who is he voting for in the Heisman? Desmond was just like, yeah, Caleb Williams isn't definitely uh, stamped on my uh, ballot just yet. We'll see what RG3 has to say about that. And, of course, everything going on in the NFL. Mike Florio will join us on this program. Top of hour number two to discuss this and what Patrick Peterson lobbed into the Arizona Cardinals locker room that Kyler Murray is only about Kyler Murray. Okay. Then, in hour number three, the actor, Kumail Nanjani, will be here. He is the star of Hulu's new show. Hulu. Welcome to Chippendales. He'll be fully clothed, <laughs> I assume. 
Maybe not. Hour number three on this program. I have got a surprise for all of you. What? You do not know a segment that has been in the hopper that I have created. We finally get those backpacks full of cash? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Told you what happened one day, Brockman. No, we no, just no, put no, our no. Minds to- no, you no. need to move to Indianapolis at the same time slot for this show if you want, if you oh, want that. Crap. Sorry, brother. It's too cold. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Stay tuned for the surprise. That's coming in hour two. RG3 is coming up next right here on the program. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Well, Deshaun Watson is speaking right now. As you know, uh, yeah, he did not speak that. yesterday, but he is speaking today. He is making his debut as a Cleveland Browns quarterback um, in Houston and um, this Sunday. And as you know, I think I, I think literally 1% of the country is getting it. It's just the Cleveland and Houston very area. Small. Yeah. 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 So uh, I don't know what he's saying right now, but it's the first time that he is talking since the last time we heard from him. And um, his comments being uh, lacking, to say the least, going into his suspension. But uh, once we uh, we hear what he's got to say, we'll turn it around. Uh, if uh, anything he says is newsworthy. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Love this guy. Uh, love what he's doing on the worldwide leader in sports, whether it's calling games with Mark Jones or sitting on the Monday night countdown set or calling into this show um, from ESPN, joining on behalf of the 2022 All-State AFCA Good Works team is none other than Robert Griffin III. How are you doing, Robert? Rich, I'm doing great. How are you doing, brother? I love talking to you. I just love watching you. You crack me up, but you also make me smarter. That's that's it. Period. It's great. Hey, man, we're just trying to have fun. Football is supposed to be fun. You know this. You've done it for an extremely long time. Even though you still look like you're about thirty three you. years old. Bless you. Um, so we have we, we have fun on our broadcast and, and that's why I think the people, you know, gravitate towards what we're doing. Fantastic. So uh let's just jump right into it here. Uh the Russell Wilson birthday story and the R S V P list and how it got out there. That's the thing that I'm I'm fascinated by is who's 
who's who's putting this out there as if there's a locker room problem and the glass is half empty as opposed to a party half full, Robert? Man, I don't know who's doing it, but it it all started obviously with the way that Russell's played, the way the Broncos have played. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned this on Monday Night Countdown that the situation that they brought Russell into is completely different than the two situations that they probably looked at as the key to doing what they did with Russell. Obviously, Matthew Stafford going to the Rams and then Tom Brady going to the Bucks. Now, both of those teams had established head coaches, had an established environment, and just needed a quarterback to get them over the hump. Uh, and that happened for them. They won the Super Bowl. But Russell came to a team with a first-time head coach, first-time offensive coordinator, whole completely new, different staff, and a young uh, group of skilled players on the offensive side of the football. And all those ingredients just haven't been able to mix very well, i.e. Russ hasn't been able to cook. So when you look at what Mike Purcell did in the game, kind of screaming at the quarterback, you never truly see that happen on a football field, or let alone on a football team. So that leads to more speculation in the locker room. you got K.J. Hamler slamming his helmet on the ground early in the year when Russell missed right. wide open in the end zone for the game winner. And now you got this birthday story. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, I don't know why that got out. Guys throw birthday parties all the time and no one shows up or half the team shows up. So why does it even matter? At the end of the day, Russell and Sierra are happy. It's his birthday, he gets to celebrate it, and you just move on. There seems a lot of, be a lot of people piling on to Russell Wilson uh, because they haven't been able to over the last 10 years. Well, I was saying, like, whoever's putting it out there with the knives out, it, it's too bad he's going nowhere. You know, and that's the whole thing is this. <laughs> well, he's got this situation has to be rehabilitated, Robert. That's the that's the bottom line. And anybody in that locker room who wants to win, the, the, thinking that him being benched or sent packing or embarrassed or be clowned in the process is going to actually lead to those wins is sadly mistaken. Uh, so I don't I don't kind of get it. And what are you seeing that that you, you think can be rehabilitated? This situation that has deteriorated in Denver. Yeah, Rich, you're 100% right. Russell's not going anywhere. Yeah. They owe him way too much money. Um, so for me, a lot of people are saying, hey, get rid of the coach. I don't necessarily know if that's the solution. That's probably the popular solution, the popular thing to say. But they also pay that coach a bunch of money, and they're going to owe him money to not coach there if they fire him after one year. So I just think if you go back and you look at what Russell has done well over the course of his career, it's not drop back passing. He's never been that type of quarterback. Uh, he is more of an off-rhythm guy when he gets into the pocket, and yes, his height does have something to do with that. But a couple things he has done extremely well over the course of his career is RPOs and play-action shots. So what that means to me is that the Broncos have to find a way to develop their running game or through the rest of this year and then obviously in the draft or free agency next year, bring in some guys that will mimic what Russell was able to do with Marshawn Lynch Robert Turbin and those gaggle of backs that he had in Seattle, that's going to allow some pressure to be taken off of him because he's never been a rhythm and timing guy. You know, three-step, five-step, seven-step, like Hackett had with Aaron Rodgers uh, in Green Bay for a few years. That's not his game. So they have to go back, watch the tape from the last 10 years of what Russell did in Seattle. Cherry pick 10 to 15 concepts that you're like, all right, he sees this really, really well. I wasn't his coach. I don't really know him that well, but this coach knew him, and he was with him for a, an extended period of time. Let's go run those concepts because as a coach, the, the main thing you have to do is put your players in position to be successful, not put them in your system and tell them to go run your system. 
Now, I don't know if that's happening or not in Denver, but it definitely looks like Russell is not comfortable with the offense that he's running. His feet are off. His timing is off. The look on his face doesn't scream confidence. Uh, even though he says he, his, confidence, his confidence never wavers, it looks like his confidence is wavering in the way that he's playing. So I think that's what the coaches have to go do because they have no choice. they got to make Russell work. What would you counsel him, Robert? I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school here, but uh, at one point in the Washington locker room, there were some questions about you having maybe lost it and at some point in time, the way things are going on with your career. Kirk Cousins was sitting right there. You know, you had a knee injury, and um, I, I'm I'm wondering if you does any of this sound familiar to you at all, Robert? Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it doesn't sound familiar. Uh, just because I made sure for my own self that I didn't allow what the outside was saying about me mm-hmm. to dictate who I was. Um, my teammates in that locker room knew who I was. They knew how much I cared about them. They knew I gave my all for them. Um, heck, I gave an ACL uh, and a left ankle for that for that locker room for those guys. So a lot of this stuff can be created by the outside. Um, mm-hmm. I remember vividly there was a story when I was there in Washington that the locker room was upset uh, that I was becoming the starter again. I think this might have been in 2014 when really the true story was that the locker room was upset that the media uh, had come out and said something bad about one of our players and they didn't want them in the locker room. It just so happened that that whole ordeal happened when I was coming back as a starter, and it was pitched in a way that wasn't true. Mm. So the guys in the locker room were upset about that. They're talking to me about it. We're talking about it. But there's no control that you can have outside of the locker room. So for Russell uh, and and the Broncos, it's one of those things of take care of your guys. Russell is your guy moving forward. You have to take care of him. Um, you got to support him, whether that be social media-wise, because we live in a social media age, whether that be in your press conferences. And Russell's got to do the same. He's got to support his guys. He's got to take accountability for what he's done uh, and, and how he's played and, and try to continue to get better and then go get better. Um, so from that standpoint, it doesn't um, remind me of anything. Mm-hmm. But, yes, the stories from the outside about – uh, losing the locker room as a player, as a quarterback, all those things uh, happen to every quarterback throughout the history of the league. It's just about how you handle it moving forward. And then for Russell, he can't. there's no way they can bench the guy. He's, he's got to be their guy, so that, that, that's not going to happen. Whereas for me, with Kirk Cousins, I was uh, taken out of the lineup um, and, and replaced. And then it was my job in 2015 to just make sure I was a good teammate to Kirk Cousins on that team. And that team in 2015 ended up winning a division. Um, So I wasn't a distraction. I made sure I was a pro's pro. Russell's got to be a pro's pro in the locker room and just sit down and talk to his guys about what more they need from him. Robert Griffin III here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show, care of Allstate AFC, good works team from ESPN as well. Uh, We'll get to uh, Allstate in a second. Uh, It does appear that there's something – or or Patrick Peterson says something's going on in the Arizona Cardinals locker room. And and he, he said on on his uh, podcast uh, that Kyler Murray is all about Kyler Murray and that Cliff Kingsbury is going to uh, wind up um, being the, the one blamed for all of this. Kyler claps back at him quite a bit, um, quite quite strength, strongly on social media. What do you, what do you see when you watch the Arizona Cardinals play? Robert. Yeah, I mean, the the Cardinals, this last game they played against the Chargers was probably the best they looked offensively all year. 
I think Kyler took the opportunity when he was out to just go back to the basics and say, all right, I'm going to run the play. I'm going to make sure I get the ball out of my hands. I'm going to utilize my playmakers and make a few special plays here and there. And he did that. They just didn't come out victorious. Whereas earlier in the year, they just looked helter-skelter. You didn't know what was going on. They had no rhythm or timing. Uh, Kyler was on a different page from literally every single person on the offensive side of the football, from the head coach to even his star receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. When he came back, you could see the frustration on the sideline with those guys yelling at each other. So I put, I put out there that I think they should make Kyler install the offense so that everyone on the offensive side of the ball sees the game the way that he sees it as opposed to the coach putting it in, and now everyone goes in on the field with a certain expectation, and Kyler has a different thought process going through his head when he's seeing the same exact plays. Uh, so I still think that's the solution for them. Uh, but they're also in a situation where Kyler's got to be the guy. They just paid him. Um, they have to make it work with him. And he's got the coach that recruited him out of high school to go to Texas A&M. So at the end of the day, they just have to get away from this media firestorm and what you just mentioned with, with Patrick Peterson and Kyler doesn't really help that part of it. <laughs> and on, on this part, I'll go ahead and say it. I know you, you might ask. Mm-hmm. Kyler's right in this regard. If Patrick Peterson is a big brother, big bro slash mentor to Kyler, then he should have picked up the phone and talked to Kyler instead of dragging him on social media so his podcast could grow. That I do agree with. If you have a relationship with the guy and you're considered a mentor or a big brother, you should definitely go to them first before you say something like that publicly. RG3 here on the Rich Eisen Show. Also saw on your uh, terrific uh, Twitter account that I follow your opinion. <laughs> oh, no, seriously. I, it's, it's great, man. I, I just love all the content that you're putting out there. Uh, I take it all in, certainly since you know I'm not watching everything you're doing in real time, but I'm catching up uh, on it through uh, at RG3. Um, so what... What's your opinion uh, about Rodgers? You think you think the Packers should sit him right now? What's your two cents on that with Jordan Love? Yeah, so the Packers have, I believe, a 3% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, essentially what that means is they have to win out and they got to get a boatload of help from everybody else around the league just to be in contention uh, for a wild card, wild card spot. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, the best thing for the organization is to play Jordan Love. Yes, everybody in that locker room is is showing up every Sunday, Thursday, or Monday to win football games, and Aaron Rodgers gives them the best chance to win. But for their foreseeable future, they need to know right now whether Jordan Love is their quarterback of the future. They got five games left. Give Jordan Love those five games to go out there and prove that he's either the guy or he's not the guy. Three years ago he was drafted. He hasn't had significant playing time in any of those years. Aaron Rodgers is not going to play for another five to seven years, and they need to know uh, next year are we building again to, to build around Aaron Rodgers because they are. They, they paid him for two, three years more. Or are we now starting over the, the, the clock, going to decline Jordan Love's fifth-year option and look for Rodgers' replacement in the next draft or the next draft? I think that's important for them. They're a long-term thinking organization. That's why they went and got those young wide receivers. Uh, and let go of Devontae Adams, which was a mistake. But they need to know that. And if they can't get in the playoffs, or really it's bleak for them to get in the playoffs, play Jordan Love. You know what Aaron Rodgers is going to give you. You owe him $60 million next year anyway. You might as well find out if you have your quarterback of the future. 
And you also know uh, very well Lamar Jackson, Robert Griffin III, and you saw, I'm sure, his clap back on Twitter, and John Harbaugh, I think, rightfully called it out of character for him, but it was very profane, and it was also showing uh, that, that he's hearing the criticism um, and bothered by some of it. And uh, I'm wondering what you make of that and the Ravens' opportunity in front of Lamar Jackson right now. Um, Robert, what do you think? Yeah, it's a couple things, Rich. Uh, Lamar definitely showed his frustration. You know, you never want to do that, but I made mistakes like that when I was a 23, 24-year-old quarterback in the NFL using Twitter as well, so I understand it from that point. Two, the South Florida definitely came out of Lamar. <laughs> it, it was, was it out of character? 100% out of character for him to say something like that uh, on a public forum where millions of people can, can go out there and see it. And, you know, that's why he ultimately ended up deleting it because somebody got in his ear and said, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. And he shouldn't have said, said what he said, and he understands that too. The third thing is a lot of people are saying that because of the way Lamar is playing this year, he shouldn't get the contract that he's demanding. And I, I vehemently deny that. Don't disagree with it wholeheartedly. Lamar has earned the contract that he's going to get because of his play throughout his career. It's not just this year in a vacuum. And I think the Ravens might be a little bit discouraged in, play, in paying Lamar because of what happened with Joe Flacco. Uh, they paid Joe Flacco after he won the Super Bowl. You know, he bet on himself, went and got it done. And then they proceeded to miss the playoffs, I believe, either four out of the next five years or four out of the next six years. Uh, and, and they weren't able to pay other guys and build a team around Joe to help him be successful. I think that might be something to do with why they don't, why they're a little reluctant to pay him and kind of letting this draw out. But the Chiefs have shown you and the Bills have shown you that you can pay your quarterback a boatload of money mm. and still go build around him through the draft, through free agency, paying a few select high-priced guys that are difference makers and still be in contention every single year. Um, so I think Lamar is just tired of people kind of tying his play this year to the money that he should get. And I understand that. Just keep it off of social. Yeah, I'm not hearing uh, Odell and the Ravens uh, in the same sentence because it sounds like I know they got Deshaun Jackson, but, man, Odell would be exactly what they, they, they kind of need here, you know? I mean, it does appear that's missing from their game yeah. right now. Yeah, with Rashad Bateman being out, Rich, mm -hmm. it, it, it's hurt them a lot. Uh, Mark Andrews' production has been down. Sure. Not that he's a different player, but people are keying in on him, trying to shut him down now. Uh, so OBJ would be a great fit in Baltimore, but I, I've said this time and time again, I'm sure you've heard it, Rich. Yep. The free agent receivers, they're not going to want to go to Baltimore uh, just because of the way that they run their system. Now it's been more, a little more pass-happy this year, um, and I think that would be great for Lamar to get a guy like OBJ. He's, he's never truly had a guy like that in his career, but I think OBJ is more so looking at uh, the Cowboys going back home to the Giants uh, or possibly the Buffalo Bills, because those quarterbacks are known for throwing the football 35, 40 times a game. Um, hopefully Dak doesn't do that, because that will be really bad for the Cowboys' offense. That's not, where they're, that's not when they're their best. But OBJ, I don't think that he would want to go to Baltimore. What are you doing with uh, Allstate, sir? What do you got? Yeah, Rich, uh, if you didn't know this, I was a part of the Allstate AFCA Good Works team back in 2011 when uh, Baylor won the Heisman and, we were able to, I was able to go pro. So to partner with them now is an honor for me. Uh, this is their 31st year in existence, uh, all-state in the AFCA Good Works team. 
And you'll love this, Rich, because mm-hmm. we're trying to get a thousand volunteers to get involved in their community, right? We partner with the do, do something.org for the do something initiative. And that's exactly what we're trying to get people to do, to do something. Um, I ran in the run, rich run, yes, you uh, charity event with you. You this, this past year. Bless and you. that was a, a ton of fun. And you know, that the best way to get active in your community is to actually go out and be in it, right? Mm-hmm. Give your time. So people can go to do something.org backslash good works team. And what you'll find is volunteer opportunities in your own uh, community, but also some volunteer opportunities that the players on this team, like Caleb Williams, the quarterback from USC, he has uh, an initiative with mental health awareness and also anti-bullying that you can go be a part of. So go be a part of some of your favorite players initiatives, go be a part of initiatives in your own community. And, And that's important for me because I remember Rich when I was a young kid in Coppers Cove, Texas, which most people don't even know where that's at. But it's right next to the biggest Army base in America in Fort Hood. And a guy by the name of Charles Tillman came back and played basketball uh, with us in you know, my seventh grade team. And I told myself in that moment, if I ever make it, I'm going to make sure that these kids out there know that they're not forgotten. And I think that's a big opportunity for volunteers with us, with the All-State AFCA Good Works team and the Do Something initiative to go out there and show these kids that they're not forgotten. Because that kid's life that you impact could be the one who changes the world in the future. So let's go do something and help change the world. Beautifully put, as always, do something.org slash good works team to find ways to get involved and do your own good work. You mentioned Caleb Williams going out the door. Does he get your vote? I had uh, I had Desmond on Wednesday, and Desmond Howard was wide open. Um, he, he was talking about Max Duggan. He was talking about a whole bunch of players. Who, who gets your vote right now, Robert? Well, well, first of all, Desmond's going to be wide open because he's technically not supposed to tell you who his vote is for. Uh, okay. But I would, I would say this. Caleb, it's Caleb Salouz, but it's a two-man race. It's, it's Caleb Williams and Max Duggan. Now, if they both go out there and play bad and, and have a, a terrible championship Saturday, uh, the, it is wide open. There's guys that I just I put out my list on Twitter uh, maybe 30, 40 minutes ago, an mm-hmm. hour ago. Uh, and there's guys that aren't on that list that could end up winning the Heisman if all these guys just have a bad day, uh, whether it's Hendon Hooker, who did get hurt but had a great year, Michael Penix Jr. Uh, from Washington. But I've got a, a, a gaggle of guys that are on that list that have all had really great years. The Heisman's more open this year than I think it's ever been in any other year. And then as I'm going out the door, Rich, I just want to also say, yes, sir. talking about getting activated in the community, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to help, they can go to uh, rg3sports.com backslash rg3foundation. Uh, we're doing Christmas giveaways in Houston, Texas, and also Coppers Cove, Texas, where I'm from. And you can go there, click on the donate button, and, and give whatever's on your heart to allow us to go out and bless these kids in these communities who don't necessarily have all the money to go out and buy the gifts and truly experience Christmas like some of us are right now so if you want to help there like i said go to rg3sports.com backslash rg3 foundation it'll really help and speaking of being blessed did i see that you is another uh baby on the way robert did i oh, see that man. did i see that yes you did rich uh-huh. got another baby and i'll go ahead and, and be the spoiler alert it's a baby girl so hey! i'm a girl dad four nice. times over <laughs> Just really blessed and uh, excited about that. You are that. surrounded, sir. You are surrounded. <laughs> you are surrounded, but it's a beautiful thing. I love being a girl dad and blessed now four times over. Best to your wife. Best to your whole family. Uh, let's chat again soon. Greatly appreciate it always, sir. You got always. it.
Appreciate you, Rich. God you, bless, brother. You bet right back at you. The best. RG3, at RG3, at RGIII, not the number three, right here on The Rich Eisen Show. I love what he's he, he's become. I think he's a terrific broadcaster. I really do. I completely he and Mark agree. Jones are a blast. They have a really fun time. That's a really fun broadcast. They are. They are. Absolutely. And then, uh, obviously, he's on uh, on Monday nights as well. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Uh, Mike Flores is going to join us top of hour number two. Uh, we'll tell you what Deshaun Watson essentially had to say and set the table on the conversation with Kyler Murray what's going on with him in that locker room, according to his former teammate, Patrick Peterson. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. We had Patrick Peterson on the program yesterday. I honestly didn't think to ask, uh, have him comment about what's going on in Arizona. He hasn't been there for you know, multiple I, seasons. I just, I just thought, you know, you got a team that's nine and two. Yeah. Maybe I was blinded by the Mike White. You know, uh, I just want to talk to him about you know the the game that's coming up. Threw you off from the get go, right from the jump. You kind of got you off your game. Because last time we spoke to him, he was on the golf course, and I'm like, "You playing golf now?" And he basically he was kind of have to basically say, "Uh, "Rich, I live in Minnesota now." He said he was driving in the snow. Okay, all icy out. But as soon as we hung up, then he got it on his pod, right? And dished. The only way to put it, check it out. Yeah, you think Cliff Kingsbury may be the scapegoat? In regards to their struggles, ain't no maybe. He will. He will be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he will be. Uh huh. He will be. And the crazy thing about it, the guy who hired him will still have a job. Yep. It's, it's, it sounds about right. I, I initially I was thinking that they probably would stick with him because of the contractual agreement he has. But now just seeing how bad they've been, and they man, they fired a coach after 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 a season, man. Yeah. And he signed, he signed that extension last March. But see, just verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about, and, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately. But it tells me he doesn't care about the head coach, his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying, Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of fact. Well, well, yeah, well, I, I got it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, Hey, I can't. I can't argue. <laughs> I don't know him personally. You played with him for a few years, so I got to take your word for it. That's Bryant McFadden and Patrick Peterson on the All Things Covered podcast. I got back to Kyler Murray. Of course it did. <laughs> and Kyler <laughs> tweeted out, "Damn, this isn't true. You on some weird ish." Uh, at P two, you got my number. If you really felt like this is as a big bro or mentor. You're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. I mean, I'm Team Kyler here. So, I don't think um, Patrick considers himself a mentor of Kyler Murray anymore. Probably not. And so, but. and clearly, uh, he's not ups- he's not happy with the way things ended in Arizona for him. Although it does look like Kyler he's in Murray's a great spot. Fault. 
Look, I, I, I don't know what's happening in that locker room because I'm not in it. I just see what looks what it looks like on the field. And it looks like there is always a play or two where the same page is not being read. And Kyler's body language is just really, really negative. The whole thing. And, uh, you know, uh, Ian Rappaport, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, one of his nuggets on Sunday's game day morning is that Kyler spent his couple weeks off talking to Cliff Kingsbury to smooth over whatever needed to be smoothed over. If you remember, there was that, I think it was the Thursday night game yeah, where he went against, against New Orleans. We were yeah. rehearsing it. That was the rehearsal game for our Munich game. And we were, he came up, you know, timeout gets fired off. He's barking at Cliff to calm the F down. Something's up there. Something is absolutely up where it's just not working. Something is just not working. And you know how it works. Quarterback certainly gets that big, huge contract. I have this piece of paper on the desk still for a reason. It just strikes. Oh, there's like a. Did Susie use this now to, to like blot blot her makeup? Oh no, really? Did that? <laughs> is that am what I that just is? discovering this That's now? That's what it looks like. No from here. way. Because I'm definitely not cheating here. <laughs> oh man. And I ain't trying either. <laughs> Why would you? Oh man. She used it to blot her makeup. <laughs> That's more of a scandal than what Patrick Peterson's stirring up. I, I just fantastic. took a picture of the monitor. I'm going to text oh this God, to her real quick. My body language stinks now. Let's take a picture of the actual piece of paper. Well, because it's too far away. So oh, you can up. wait three minutes. There well, it she is. Might, you know her. She's going to text back quick. Three minutes. We're already embraced. Yeah. I mean, like. <laughs> this didn't happen when Pelissero sat in. <laughs> You know, Tom's lips did look a little... Okay, very good. Well, at any rate, (laughs) I don't know what's going on there, but something's got to change, and as Patrick's saying, it's going to be the coach (laughs) if something doesn't change. Unless Michael Bidwell's like, everybody, let's just go back to our corners and come back and try one more time. Man. Yeah. Talk about needing a reset. There's a whole host of teams that need a reset. Man, right? Top five teams that need a reset when we come back. Go. Boom. <laughs> Mike Florio before that. 